We're huge fans of Hood Eggnog at the Sports Hub, especially Hood Golden Eggnog. Do what I did this holiday season and stock up on Hood Eggnog. Hood Eggnog's blend of extra creamy milk, sugared yolks, and spices make it a holiday favorite. Hood Eggnog is the best-tasting eggnog to enjoy with your family and friends this season. It's only available for a limited time, so bring home a Hood holiday tradition today. Celebrate the season with Hood Eggnog. Pick up Hood Eggnog in the dairy aisle of your neighborhood supermarket. We're huge fans of Hood Eggnog at the Sports Hub, especially Hood Golden Eggnog. Do what I did this holiday season and stock up on Hood Eggnog. Hood Eggnog's blend of extra creamy milk, sugared yolks, and spices make it a holiday favorite. Hood Eggnog is the best-tasting eggnog to enjoy with your family and friends this season. It's only available for a limited time, so bring home a Hood holiday tradition today. Celebrate the season with Hood Eggnog. Pick up Hood Eggnog in the dairy aisle of your neighborhood supermarket. Is it possible to help businesses of all sizes transform, grow, and thrive? With the advanced connectivity and intelligence of global secure networking, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Chiefs line up three to the right, including Kelsey behind Weiss. One split to the left, Tony. We've got Mahomes in the gun. Mills trying to shadow Kelsey. He moves to the left in the slot. Mahomes takes the snap. He's pressure. He's spun down. That's a sack. Back at the 20-yard line. That's Christian Barmore, who, like his former Alabama teammate Jennings, has been coming on of late. He's having a month. This guy's having a month, number 90. Could this be all hell for them? You know, and you know, playing through the knee injury a year ago and just didn't look the same. You know, you, you saw him his rookie year, and that's just a push, Bob. He goes right through the center and right guard. I mean, that's a dominant play by Barmore right there. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show. This is your song, Leroy. I didn't know I that. I love this song. Wham, huh? Uh, well, that was the defender of the game, presented by 128 Plumbing, Hooting, uh, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Uh, the company that finishes every job strong. Let them defend your home from any plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical issues. When your home can't wait, call 128. Visit call128.com. Joining us right now is Craig Bedard. He is from the Boston Sports Journal, and Leroy is back. Uh, he loves Wham. I didn't know that. And he's got <laughs> a, a great question. song. He's got a too. question for you. Oh, all right, Greg. Well, Leroy's got a question for you off the bat. Uh, first and foremost, hello, Greg. How you doing? I missed you, Leroy. Oh, I I'm missed you, too. Back. Thank you. Uh, Bailey Zappi, solid first uh, half last week, solid first half today. Second half in both games was a different story. In your opinion, what is going on? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, based off what I saw in the uh, the second half of last week, um, pending watching the film from this game, I'll carry it over to this week. It's uh, teams adjust. I think. I think Zappy surprises some people, um, you know, in the first half, and I think they get a better feel for him. The Chiefs that looked like they came out and they said, "We're not going to let the Patriots run on us. We're going to make Zappy beat us." Um, you know, a lot of times they had a bunch of guys in the box, and they would only go basically like three guys in coverage. They would have, um, you know, two cornerbacks on wide receivers and then a a safety in the middle of the field. And um, I thought that, you know, the Patriots did a nice job. Bailey did, you know, I thought they did an excellent job, um, you know, in the first half. And then, you know, in the second half, it sounded like Bill was making some excuses in the postgame show about, you know, injuries on the offensive line. They lost Cole Strange, then they lost Connor McDermott. Um, I, I really don't want to hear it. Um, Antonio Maffi was one of their draft picks. They spent three 
mid-round draft picks on interior offensive linemen. They should be okay there. Um, you know, they they did what they did at the offensive tackle position, you know, trading for Vidarian Lowe, Tyrone Wheatley. Um, this is this is the bed that they made. But I, I think that um, the combination, I think that the teams just switch up a little bit in the second half. They bring a little bit more pressure, a little bit more tighter coverage. They vary the looks a little bit more. And I think that has caused... What I see is Zappy, you know, the the first read isn't quite as open for him. And then you combine that with the pressure, it just makes it a lot tougher for a quarterback. So uh, just watching today's game, uh, you know, Zappy's tale of two halves, as, as we kind of brought up here. But um, do you feel that Zappy was prepared for the second half? Um, there were some, um, I don't want to call them exotic defenses, but some things that he, I don't think he's seen before. I don't know if he was prepared for them. Um, I think Giardi even asked him in the game, hey, did you not see uh, Willie Gay on that play? But he said he saw him and took accountability. But do, do you do you feel like there was no tempo? Zeke Elliott kind of called that out as well. Did, 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 did the game change in the second half because of the injuries that they had, Greg? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, Belichick said that at the podium. Um I certainly have my doubts about that. I have my criticisms about that, which I will be uh, writing for Boston Sports Journal as soon as we're done. Um, I think that as far as whether Zappi was prepared for some of the stuff that the Chiefs threw out there, like the corner cat blitzes um, that they got him on a couple times, um, trust me when I tell you they were prepared for that. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody who goes against the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo are prepared for that. I, I think maybe... Maybe because the Chiefs didn't do that, and and Zappy even made reference to that they didn't do that in the first half. Maybe he he was lulled into it. Um, but so I think he was prepared. He they just got him, and the Chiefs do that. Spags does that. He that's why he's one of the best in the game. As far as the lack of tempo, some of the play calling in the second half, I think Joe. I think you could make the argument that this was part of maybe a quiet tank going mm. on. I thought they, they got extremely conservative. I know Belichick will say it's because of the injuries on the offensive line. Again, I don't want to, are you trying to win the game or not? And I thought that, I thought that a lot of the, the decisions that they made in the second half, whether not playing with tempo, the play calling, not going forward on fourth and three at around midfield down 17 early in the fourth quarter, not, hurrying up yes I know you were backed up to your own goal line with four minutes left down by two scores you know I'm sorry but you know anybody who is at least somewhat objective has to ask the question about like okay I totally believe that the Patriots come into every game trying to win every game Mm -hmm. but as soon as it starts to get away from them as soon as it starts to get a little bit tougher I do think that you can make the argument that Belichick is holding back a bit um, in the building there at Gillette, I don't know if you run in, if you ran into any uh, of the players or anything like that, but did you get a sense of any frustration uh, about that, about the tempo or anything like that? Yeah, there's some of that mm. for sure. Ezekiel Elliott talked about it. He wanted to go a little bit faster in the second half. Um, you know, I, I will say, you know, in Belichick's defense that when – the Patriots run into injury problems and they lost Hunter Henry as well, along with Cole Strange and Connor McDermott. And they didn't have Juju Smith coming into this game, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, of course, they don't have Ramondre Stevenson. You know, when 
when they're starting to rely on guys that they're not confident in, they do tend to go pretty conservative. Um, but again, I, I don't think that there's any excuse. I mean, you're three and 10, you're down to the chiefs. I mean, what do you have to lose? Right. I mean, okay. So you're exposing Bailey Zappi a little bit more. Well, he could, he can learn from that. He could show you some things plus and minus um, if he gets hurt. I mean, that's part of the game. You have, Mac Jones, you know, standing there on the sideline. I mean, you just you're three and ten. I mean, what are we doing here other than trying to win a football game? That's what we were saying, and, and this brings up uh this brings up more. I, I didn't feel it at the time, Greg. At the time I went, all right, well, it sounds like Belichick's just trying to keep the game fairly close because when he was challenged about not going for it on fourth down, he said, Well, we got the interception next time. But there were three different fourth downs where maybe they could have gone for it today and they didn't, and that brings up the three-win team. Are they at a point now where they should be challenging on those fourth down plays instead of settling for punts? It depends what your objective is. I mean, if it's if it's what Belichick seems to believe or at least he pays lip service to, that they're you know he's just trying to get ready for the next game, trying to win the next game, that's what he's worried about, then why wouldn't you go forward in those circumstances? What what are you holding back for? Not Why not play free and loose? Why not give some of the players on this team a chance to show that, what they can do, you know, both, you know, plus and minus? I mean, you know, look at Marte Mapu. Today he finally gets a hand on a ball and he, and he makes an interception, you know, thanks to Christian Barmore getting a pressure. Um, but, you know, that was a huge play in the game, and it's – you know, I think there, every football game, no matter what your record is in the NFL, presents opportunities, especially for younger players. And, you know, this this should be an opportunity for them to just play free, lay it all out there, whatever happens. But, you know, I do think Bill, over the course of his career, I think there have been some choices that he's made just hoping not to get blown out and not getting embarrassed. And I think that, that today was uh, an example of that. All right, Greg, we got more on this. Uh, I got to ask you about J.C. Jackson. I know Leroy's got more about mm-hmm. the attendance that was there today. Uh, sea of red, it looked like, uh, over at Gillette Stadium. So we'll take a quick break. We'll get more from Greg Bedard from the Boston Sports Journal. Leroy Irvin's here. I'm Joe Murray. You're listening to the uh, Safety Insurance 98.5, the Sports Hub Patriots Radio Network. It's fourth and two officially, really fourth. In a long one. Ball just outside the Chiefs 16 right ash. From the eye formation. Elliott is the tail of the tandem. Zappy under center. Short motion by the fullback Brown. Play fake by Zappy. He's in the pocket. He lobs a throw to Henry in the end zone. And it's caught. Touchdown. Patriots. Bailey Zappy again <laughs> facing the pass rush. With a beautiful throw. Feather to Hunter Henry. Touchdown New England. And look at Zappy. You got a quarterback baby. Dueling Patrick Mahomes at home. Three and one is the starter. Great play fake. Perfect ball to Henry in the double coverage over the top. You're Kansas City. How do you let this happen? It's tight formation. Short motion by the fullback. Great fake. Great throw. All right, back here in the Shaws and Star Market Patriots postgame show. The player that delivered the freight is presented by Freight Plus, the fastest-growing private company in Massachusetts, providing fully customized Fortune 500 freight solutions uh, to shippers throughout New England for over 35 years. Visit FreightPlus.io. That's FreightPlus.io. We are joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Leroy is in the crisp spirit. 
Uh, is that the violin that you, you hear those right stringed there? instruments <laughs> just going in? Uh, we got Greg Greg Bedard for the Boston Sports Journal. I know uh, you mentioned something in the last break, Greg, that uh, Leroy wanted to follow up. Yeah, so all the talk this past week has been about challenging the whole idea that Belichick's uh, time with the Pats will be over after this season ends. Uh, if today's questionable decisions in the second half uh, may have been some version of tanking. Doesn't that mean he's back next season? I guess my question is, what's your guess on Belichick's future after this season? Uh, my guess and uh, reporting is that um, it's likely that they part ways after the season. But, again, I think it's <laughs> it's one thing to talk about it. It's one thing for Robert and Jonathan to talk about it. And I do think that they basically came to that conclusion sometime after the Colts game. Um you know, leaving it open-ended that that this was probably the direction that they were going to have to go uh, because you never know. Your team could run the table. You you have to leave open that option. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, whether Robert at the end of the day does it and, and is able to do it is, is something else. I mean, it's, it, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to move on from a living legend. And I, I do think, from the people that I've talked to who, you know, know Belichick you know, pretty well um, and sort of what his approach is going to be, he's going to go into that meeting with Robert and he is going to, he's going to, he's going to present something to Robert. And now I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know what that looks like. Does that mean he says, you know what, at my age, I don't want to do GM duties anymore. Uh, I'm open to that now. I'm open to giving that up. Um, that could, it could be something like that. It could be something else. I don't know, but, but Bill, Bill is not just going to go in there and be like, well, Robert, what's your decision? He, he's going to go in there on the offensive. Um, it could also be, you know, some excuse making about injuries and things like that and the quarterback play. And, you know, if we just had better quarterback play, a little bit more health luck, then we'd be in it. Um, I still think we're in a good place, but whatever it is, Bill's going to have a counter to whatever Kraft is thinking going into that game and how is Kraft going to respond to that? If, if Bill says I'm ready to give up GM duties, is that enough for, for the Krafts to change course and keep them? It could be, but I think there's a lot of things that go into that. If you're the Krafts on whether you really want to do that. Was today's game, even though they lost to the chiefs 27 to 17 from your point of view, did you look at it and say, Hey, maybe there's something here. You might want to keep them around or same old, same old. Pretty much same old, same old. I mean, to me, this come, this came down to, and it's been this way the whole season. It's just the, the Patriots just aren't talented enough. And, you know, you can put, you know, the quarterback position under the microscope. And if you're a pro bill guy, you want to say everything is Mac Jones's fault. They just got decent quarterback play. If Mac was just decent, you know, this X, Y, and Z would happen with this team. But to me, the, the team is just not that talented. I've watched Belichick coming off the field um, after hand, shaking hands with, um, with Andy Reed. And he went to Mahomes and had a word with him. He went to Kelsey, had a word with him. He went to Chris Jones and had a word with him. You know, those are three homegrown all-world players for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots don't have anything remotely close to that, and that's why, you know, no one's going to say that the Chiefs played well in this game, and it was an easy victory for them in the second half once they got control of the game around 
the halftime break, uh, both before and after it. And it's just the, 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 the major thing wrong with the Patriots is their lack of talent. And that's Bill, the GM, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's especially the homegrown talent side, the free agency didn't really work that well. Decisions that we've, you know, been over and over with the offense and things like that. Um, you know, do I still think Bill is a, say, top 10 game coach, game planner, all that stuff? Yes, I do. But even if he was open to bringing in a new GM, to me, there's no way the Patriots could do that and have confidence that this GM was going to do his job without deferring to Bill Belichick if it came from in the family, say, John Robinson or you know, Dave Ziegler or somebody like that. The only way to me, I think it would work in theory is if they bring in somebody from the outside who is outside the family, who's just, you know, trying to stock this roster as much as possible. But then you get into a whole drama with, you know, now both are reporting to Kraft. Belichick's not happy because these aren't the type of players that he wants. He doesn't want a six foot linebacker. He's never going to play him. Like it's like Pete Carroll, Bobby Greer, um, stuff. So uh, to me, it just, it, it, where they are right now, it just doesn't work for the Patriots. Just on the report from Curran and then obviously Ian Rappaport today, was there, was there a real, a real difference between which, what each one is reporting? They kind of just feel like uh, Rappaport's just used some different words today, but um, I mean, it can't clearly be set in stone that Belichick's not coming back next year. So I just felt like when you read the both reports, they're almost saying the same thing. It's just that some things still need to happen by the end of the year. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I didn't pay too much attention to Ian's report, especially after his last Patriots port report about Bill Belichick's lucrative multi-year contract extension was much ado about nothing. And I think this is just, you know, him checking in with Patriots people. And, of course, I mean, well, even if it's via the crafts or whoever, a high-level Patriots source, I mean, what are they going to say? Yeah, Bill's done with four games. Yeah, we're done with Bill. I mean, they're not they're, – they're never going to say that in a million years. And so if that's the case, I, you know, I don't really pay too much attention to it. I think they're the crafts are in the same spot, which is, you know – pretty sure we need to go in a different direction after this year, but what that looks like, how it's constituted uh, will depend on that conversation with bill after the season. All right. Well, uh, get, take a look at the uh, scoreboard right now around the NFL. Um, the Patriots have three wins. There is a team that has two wins as well. And another loss today for the Patriots still puts them in pretty good spot when it comes to the draft this year. So we'll uh, continue this conversation with Greg Bedard, of the Boston Sports Journal. We'll also get a look at the NFL headlines right now in uh, in Sports of Headlines. But first, let's pause 10 seconds for station ID on the safety insurance. 98.5, the Sports of Patriots Radio Network. PC goes left to right from the 25. Ball on the near hash. Edward C. Lair in the backfield. Play fake by Mahomes with the deep drop. Get He's it. looking left. He throws down the middle. Pass. Oh, get it. Away. Intercepted by Mapu. Get it. 20, 15 with a cut right to the 10. Marte to the sideline. Barmore. It's Barmore with the bull rush that gets in Mahomes' face. Mahomes off the back foot looks like Mitch Trubisky on a floater over the middle. Barmore with the pressure forces Mahomes to throw this when he didn't want to. But what a play by Mapu going for the ball and taking it away like you said, Bob. 
All right, back here in the Shaw's and Stock Market Patriots post game show. Avidia Bank and Adrian Phillips teamed up again to be a champion for a child to benefit the Boys and Girls Club of Metro West. New England's defense forced two turnovers, so Avidia Bank donates $2,000 to help at risk youth and donated $14,000 this season. Avidia Bank, honest to goodness, member FDIC, member DIF. Joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Leroy Irvin's here today. I'm Joe Murray. Uh, do you know anything of what happened today with J.C. Jackson, Greg Bedard? No, all I know is um, <clears throat> sort of what was discussed, which was um, he was in the locker room pregame. Dietrich Wise said that he saw him, figured he was playing. Um, Alex Austin found out sometime before the game that he was starting. And then J.C. Jackson was not to be seen again. I never saw him on the sideline. I was actively looking. Uh, I will say that, uh, you know, asking some people around the Patriots about this, um, what was indicated to me was that, you know, I, I don't know if this is a recent occurrence or if this was, you know, something that was assessed like once he got back here from the Chargers. But he – how do I turn this? Um there, there may have been some, um, whether it's mental or emotional issues, just stuff that, that JC has been dealing with. Mm. Um, I don't know if they came to a head today. I don't know if it's a personal situation, but I knew there was something on their radar that they were managing with JC Jackson, and, and I don't know if that the, this is related to that. Interesting. And, you know, I, I just ask if he's not going to play. Um, you said you didn't mm-hmm. see him on the sideline um, I mean, now you can activate players. You can. You know, there's many things you can do. The inactives come out 90 minutes before the game. It, I don't even. I mean, again, they're a three-win team, and I know I'm. I'm just bringing it up for storyline's sake. But there wasn't another guy that they could have played or brought up today to maybe get a look at in the final couple of games if he wasn't going to play. So I'm just looking at the inactives list. I'm just calling it up now. I don't know if you guys have it in front of you, but was there a cornerback? Um, Oh, Sean Wade was inactive. Okay. Um, I don't know if that was an injury or not. I, he was an illness, I want to say, this week. Um, yeah, because Robert you know, Booty, this... yeah, and Stevenson obviously wasn't playing. Yeah, um, you know, look, this is uh, this is also another possibility and something that you have to take into account, given say like the Malcolm Butler situation. Um, it could have been a situation, and in my evaluation of J.C. Jackson since he's been back, I think he's been terrible. And I wrote a column a couple weeks ago saying, like, you know, if Mac Jones is going to the bench, then J.C. Jackson also deserves to go to the bench. He had – last week he was terrible. The week before he was better. The week before that he was terrible. And, uh, you know, perhaps it just came to a point where the Patriots were like, look, you're going to come off the bench today. And maybe J.C. Jackson reacted poorly to that sometimes that happens um but uh, so the inactives are handed in they're made official 90 minutes before the game that would coincide with what Dietrich Wise said about seeing JC Jackson in the locker room maybe JC after that 90 minute mark before the game maybe he was told he wasn't starting and bolted or something got into a disagreement with one of the members of the coaching staff and Maybe he was sent home, and at that time, it's too late to do anything. That that would fit with the time frame. All right, Greg. Uh, so I guess we might as well just uh, – actually, let's do one more football thing. Uh, Christian Barmore 
his play of late, the run defense. Uh, the Chiefs didn't do much today, uh, really on on the ground. But when you just look at what's happened with this with Barmore and his progression. Uh, every week he's playing well, played another great game today, had a sack, a couple uh, tackles for loss. Just uh, his improvement uh, just over the last couple of years, and he'll be going into that rookie year next year, uh, that final year of his rookie it, deal. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been astounding. Uh, I guess that's a little bit strong because I've always thought a lot of Christian on film. Um, you know, when they got him, there was obviously some off-field concerns or uh, – more along the lines of personal control uh, concerns with why he dropped in the draft and was available to the Patriots when they selected him, because there's no doubt you talk to anybody. He was a first round talent uh, when he came out, but he ended up going in the second round for a variety of reasons, which, you know, he fully understands and, and had heard the, the whispers or at least the, the, the evaluation of him, which he, uh, disagreed with. I had a one-on-one talk with him last year uh, before the season opener going into his second year um, about that. And he didn't, he didn't understand where it was coming from. He understood that it was out there, uh, but he, he thought that he did the right things at Alabama for the most part. And, uh, you know, but as far as his play, um, it's been ter- terrific. There's no question in my mind, he's been the Patriots best player uh, since about the first month of the season. He does it week in and week out. He's shown a vast improvement in the run game, which is earning him more playing time. That's the way it goes around here. Um, he's just been tremendous, and he is a he's one of the few building blocks on this team going forward as far as you, you look at young talent on this team that you could see being in the upper echelon of the rest of the league. And this is a guy that the Patriots can't let get into his – you know, final year of his contract. He's a guy they have to extend in this offseason if they're okay with him off the field and all that stuff. But this is one of the areas where they've fallen short, where Bill Belichick, the GM, has fallen short, is that they let guys like, you know, Uche and, and Duggar and, and Awenu get to their contract years. And if you're those players, why not bet on yourself and, and, you know, open yourself up to the rest of the team? So they can't let that happen with Barmore because he's he's one of the few that they've, really hit on and he's improved since he's gotten here uh just one more i mean chad ryland continues to struggle um and forget about the nick folk thing but just have they mismanaged the kicking position as well this year i know they've tried to bring in some other guys in the practice squad but i know there's three more games to go so see what you have but i kind of feel bad for this kid but he hasn't done himself any favors either no i mean you know, look, it's especially at that position and the punter position with Behringer, it's a it's a bottom line position where it's either you make your kicks or you don't. You either execute your punts at a high level or you don't. And I think both of those guys have come up short. Behringer had a couple of good punts today, but he had another like 36 yarder at one point, And that was almost blocked uh, again. So, you know, look, Bill made his choice. Um you know, it's a he. He could have done sort of the slow build up, and and you know maybe, maybe develop somebody on the practice squad instead of just going with a fourth rounder and getting rid of Folk. And you know, remember they traded up in the fourth round to get uh, Chad Ryland. Um, it, yeah, I mean that's it's obvious that they that has been an error. Look, he's a young player. Both of them are young players. I'm not giving up on them. Um, this is 
normally Bill hits on these. You look at Goskowski, what he did coming in as a rookie, replacing a legend in Adam Vinatieri, and and it hasn't worked out this time. But that doesn't mean that he can't be a good kicker in this league. You know, you look at Carlson with the Raiders. He was originally with the Packers and sort of you know washed out there. Kickers are are fickle. Um, but like a lot of things on this team, it hasn't worked out this year for the Patriots or Bill Belichick. All right, we got one more with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Oh, we got to look ahead the next week, the Denver Broncos. And I do want to get your thoughts on just what it was like in the stadium today. And we have to ask about Taylor Swift oh, God. Uh, as well. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up with Greg Bedard, but uh, we'll take a quick uh, break here. Leroy Irvin, I'm Joe Murray. This is the Safety Insurance 98.5, the Sports of Patriots Radio Network. Now they're looking at the Robert third and 12 from the coming. 37, down 7 nothing. Tranquil crowds the line. Chiefs nope. with a single high. Snap to Zappi. Stands in. Looks down the middle. Fires there it is. A dart to Henry. There he it is. the grab. And as a flag comes in, and he's tackled to the turf by Justin Reed outside the hash marks at the 48 of Kansas City. He's all over him, too. He held Hunter Henry in the middle of the field. Before the pass was thrown, holding defense number 20. This penalty has declined to play results in the first down. Pocket presence. That's the Patriots' first third-down conversion in four tries today. It's a good read by Zappi. They show cover one. It's one Robert. Then they bell out. It's cover two. Splits the safety. He hangs in there in the pocket to Zappi. Call out the holly. Put up the tree before my Now I'm starting to feel the Christmas spirit. That's right. Kevin Majore back there doing a great job. Uh, New England converted ten first downs today. And with every first down, Credit Union Kids at Heart will help fund promising studies into Moya Moya, as well as clinical care tools for children affected. Learn more at cukidsatheart.org. Uh, Greg Bedard is here from the Boston Sports Journal. And uh, I, is there anything else from the game you really want to talk about today, Greg? I mean, you know, in the end, the Patriots uh, did not cover the nine and a half point spread. Um, and Andy Reid after the game said they took a knee out of respect. Uh, Bill Belichick also went up to um, the star players, including Chris Jones, Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey to, to, to thank them as well. And after the game, Andy Reid said that Bill Belichick is the best coach of all time. So that was really, at the end of the game, that was my takeaway, was everyone respected Bill. He weird. respected them, and they've been friends for years, and they had that trade going on, but... I, I don't know. Is this is this what it is now? Because the end of the t- I know you you were working the game, but you know, listening to the broadcast, it kind of sounded like a farewell to Bill right. Belichick. It did. It did sound like that. I was you know listening to um, some of the game broadcast. Um, I, I guess as far as the game goes, I thought that you know the Patriots had um, at least two killer penalties. One that wiped off a, a touchdown. Then again, if Connor McDermott didn't hold there, Bailey Zappi probably gets sacked. Um, and also the fumble um, that was wiped out by uh, Alex Austin's, I think, uh, illegal contact down the field. And, you know, I'm sure some people out there think that the officiating was slanted towards Patrick Mahomes. I didn't, you know, really see it that way. I mm-hmm. do think that the, the Chiefs could be called for uh, a lot of holding and a lot of downfield stuff, as, as one uh, AFC offensive coordinator told me going into this game about the Chiefs. He said they – they hold more than any team in the league. And um, I could see that, you know, from the press box, but you know, the Patriots, this is just, I I think this game was pretty typical of just, you know, who they are, the big mistake, the big turnover uh, can't protect, can't run the ball well enough. 
um, undisciplined penalty. Schooler freaking starts the game off with a penalty on the opening kickoff. Um, you know, he misses some special teams tackles. It's just the whole operation is just sloppy, and it only enhances the, you know, the glaring thing, the glaring factor with this team is that they're just not talented enough to overcome any of those things anywhere on, on the football field. And so, um, and, and you could also, depending on how you view it, uh, the Patriots defense, I think, you know, for the most part did a solid job, but they had a rough time on some third and longs. At the end of the day, they gave up, you know, 27 points. Um, this was not a, you know, backup quarterback uh like they, they seem to beat up against. So it wasn't a bad performance, but it wasn't a, a great performance either. So just sort of, it's just this, this was a typical Patriots 2023 football game. Uh, I, I was going to say, so, so Leroy off the air goes, Hey, was the Malik Cunningham thing a last week discussion? <laughs> and I know mm. we talked about the JC Jackson situation today, who was active and didn't play. It's just that, you know, is this another thing now where they screwed up? the, the And I, I don't know what Malik Cunningham could have been. I know he was an athlete, and they, they tried him in different spots and probably wasn't ready to be a quarterback. But does it now watching a player who didn't play at all active, it just him not being on the roster is just... And, and might I add, it, I'm feeling that way because you see Bailey Zappi, you see Trent Brown, you see Matt Judon respond about it. So it just, you know, like, what's the deal? Christian Ellis played today. Apparently, I was yeah. just looking at my yeah, yeah, he had a tackle. Did anybody notice him? Yeah, he did. Uh, he did S- special teams tackle, or re- I-, I don't even know. Uh, but anyways, about about Malik, um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that uh, I would have evaluated him as a quarterback or what have you. All I know is that when it comes to this, this team should be about future decisions. And when you look at the roster in all three phases of the game, they don't have enough difference makers, enough special athletes. Now, given whatever your evaluation is of Malik Cunningham, the dude has some special qualities. He does, you know, whether that's a quarterback, whether that's a wide receiver in the future, you know, who knows, but I did find it interesting. I looked at uh, John Harbaugh's comments um, from this week, like once they, they brought Malik in and he was um, resolute in saying that Malik Cunningham is a quarterback. He said mm-hmm. there is no doubt to him that he is a quarterback, maybe not for this year, but going forward, they're keeping four quarterbacks uh, on their active roster, at least for now, uh, with claiming Malik Cunningham. This is a team that's in the you – know, they're going for the number one seed in the AFC. They are right now. Um, and the Patriots are claiming special teams linebackers um, from the Eagles. I mean, you know, it's just it's just the same old, same old with Bill Belichick the GM. I just, I don't get it. I think this should go into the evaluation with Bill. I mean, you know, like I said, Malik Cunningham, no matter, he could be a quarterback, maybe something. He could be a weapon on offense. Does Bill care about that? In my opinion, no. It hurts my soul to ask you this question. It really does. Um, Oh yeah, I know. Taylor Swift was in the building uh, tonight. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> looking at the crowd, it seemed like there were a lot of Chiefs fans there. Is, is that is that fair to say? Yeah, and I would also say that uh, I looked across in most in most sections, at least in the second and third levels. Mm-hmm. I would say most of the levels were two thirds full at most mm-hmm. uh, during the game, um, which was interesting to me. Uh, a lot of Chiefs fans here. 
I did think um, Taylor got booed towards the end once they showed her on <laughs> the Jumbotron. I don't think that she wanted to be on the Jumbotron, especially for that long. <laughs> she got booed? Like, yes. that's, that's why. I get I, it. It's competition, but come on. It's no, Taylor Swift. No, no, I'll explain I, later. I heard a few boos at the end. I, I, I did, but she looked <laughs> pretty annoyed to be on the Jumbotron for that long. Um, but, yeah, it was. Uh, she was right across the way from – from us in the in the press box, you could see her over there. It looked like she was having a a grand old time. Uh, uh, real quick, ultimately, do you think the NFL made the right decision by flexing the game? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first half was good. The first half was national TV worthy, but I mean, the second half, uh, you could have dozed off. I mean, the 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 way that it was going, and so uh, you know, and I actually think it's good for the Patriots. It's good for the Crafts that they're off there. I mean, you heard. You know, uh, Moose Johnson having an extended discussion about Bill Belichick and his place and about, you know, what happened to Tom Landry when he was there and Jimmy Johnson came in. Like, if you're the Crafts, do you really want that aired on national television? I don't think so. All right. Well, Christmas Eve, you're going to be up with us? Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> yes. But I will not be in Denver for that. Sorry. <laughs> Santa Slay's not going to Denver um this year so uh yeah i can't wait that should be <laughs> exciting and i look for another 10-9 game in that one just uh looking at what sean payton has done with the broncos though um i mean you spent many years in, in green bay and i want to give burt Breer credit for this one but is there a difference between mike mccarthy and sean payton um no they run very similar style offenses and uh, yeah, not, you know, not the most exciting stuff if you're asking me. And I don't think Peyton doesn't get that, um, Super Bowl title unless, you know, who was it? Was it the Patriots that lost in the AFC championship game? Yeah. The, yeah. The Colts. Yeah. The Colts. And, uh, they you know, went for the onside kick. I remember oh, who was yeah. it who lost that year. You're right. Colts won. I'll have to look that up now. Same season. But yeah, they tried that onside kick out of the half. It worked, and then Peyton Manning's the greatest. Their defense was, and their defense—they really won on that. Their defense, second half of that season, was unbelievable. And so, yeah, Sean Payton, Mike McCarthy—you mm, can make the argument pretty much the same thing. All right, Greg. Well, we'll be uh, making that list and checking it twice <laughs> uh, on uh, next week, a week from tonight, as we'll be here late night for a primetime game, and you'll be on with Felger and Maz this week as well. Yes, I will. All right. Another big week for the big boy. Check him out. BostonSportsJournal.com. Appreciate it, Greg, and uh, happy holidays. And we'll, we'll say you a Merry Christmas to you next week. See you, boys. All I'll right. See you. It's Greg Bedard. Check out all his work over at the Boston Sports Journal. We're huge fans of Hood Eggnog at the Sports Hub, especially Hood Golden Eggnog. Do what I did this holiday season and stock up on Hood Eggnog. Hood Eggnog's blend of extra creamy milk, sugared yolks, and spices make it a holiday favorite. Hood Eggnog is the best-tasting eggnog to enjoy with your family and friends this season. It's only available for a limited time, so bring home a Hood holiday tradition today. Celebrate the season with Hood Eggnog. Pick up Hood Eggnog in the dairy aisle of your neighborhood supermarket. Is it possible to help businesses of all sizes transform, grow, and thrive? With the advanced connectivity and intelligence of global secure networking, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. 
We're huge fans of Hood Eggnog at the Sports Hub, especially Hood Golden Eggnog. Do what I did this holiday season and stock up on Hood Eggnog. Hood Eggnog's blend of extra creamy milk, sugared yolks, and spices make it a holiday favorite. Hood Eggnog is the best-tasting eggnog to enjoy with your family and friends this season. It's only available for a limited time, so bring home a Hood holiday tradition today. Celebrate the season with Hood Eggnog. Pick up Hood Eggnog in the dairy aisle of your neighborhood supermarket. Is it possible to help businesses of all sizes transform, grow, and thrive? With the advanced connectivity and intelligence of global secure networking, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Hey, it's Felger here, and in the NBA, the game can change in an instant. But no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Win or lose, you'll get an instant dub. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SPORTSHUB. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on basketball. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code SPORTSHUB. The crown is yours. Hope is here. 800-327-5050 or gamblinghelplinema.org. Must be 21 or older. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com. Physically present in Massachusetts. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. 